Well, a very big hello, everyone. Duncan Dornoff joining you for episode 68 of the Tasmanian Harness Highlights podcast. It's great to have your company. Harness Racing in Burnie tonight, four minutes past six, the first race, Sky Racing 2 is where you can catch that card. And ten races in Hobart on Sunday night as we record the first two races on Sky Racing 2, the last date on Sky Racing 1. But as I did touch on, that is at the time of recording. Of course, Launceston last week saw the first race move across to the Red Channel at Hobart card with some size stakes heats gets underway at 20 minutes past five. More about those meetings shortly. First of all, we'll look back at our meetings in Hobart and Launceston last week. Hobart uh, was the secondary meeting of the week, but it did see Carrada Artemis break the Tasmanian state record for two-year-olds, pacing the mile in 156.3. Now, I know Git Home Roy did break the record in a trial, but officially that's not recorded uh, as a record. So under race conditions, it was held by off the top of my head, who ran 156.7 in July of 2016, while the Hobart age track record was held by Rock and Overtime of 156.9 in September of 2020. Uh, Carada Artemis was uh, driven by Todd Rattray. He scored up and did everything in the desired manner. And despite getting a little bit rough late, he was able to uh, score there in that record run. And, of course, he recorded quarters of 28.6, 30.1, 28.9 and 28.7. And he will now head to the Dandy Patch with heats in Hobart on November 11. Unlike the three- and four-year-old leagues, the heats are on the one night. Could well be a, a, a prelude. But in saying that, there's been plenty of two-year-olds getting about of late. And the $60,000 Group 2 final will also be in Hobart on November 20. Karada Artemis kicked off a big night for Todd Rattray. He also had success driving IC double later in the night. He also trained and drove Mazazu and Tazabolski Lees, and he did put the polish on Gordoveski Lees, who was driven by Liam Older. Ben Yo of a training treble, written in silk, where you've been, and the dude. From a sectional perspective, Depp Tui Park, 56.98, the quickest last half of the meeting. Kikimi, 57.12. Sezabolski Lees, 57.2. Kick it to Jack, 57.41, and Euro King, 57.42. The action then headed to Launceston on Sunday night, where we had a 10-event program. AHA Reaction took out the first event, a nice strike by Nathan Ford, so just off the speed. And instead of going three wide down the back, he went to the inside to get around to a tiring runner and was able to hold off the late challenge of Cullen Byrne by a half head. Both AHA Reaction and Cullen Byrne recorded a last half mile of 57.73, while Cullen Byrne's last quarter of 27.9 was the fastest of the race. Favourite punters were in the winner's list again with the Brooklyn Brawler taking out race two. Christy Butler trains. Caleb Williams drove, had a good front row draw, used that to full advantage to lead. Uh, Jawbreaker had a gun run on the back of the, the Brooklyn Brawler, got out late, running down to a half head, but the Brooklyn Brawler... Uh, to dollar fifty, saluting uh, Eureka, who finished in fourth spot, ran her last half of 59.82 and a quarter of 29.82, the fastest of the race. First heat of the band box for 60 degrees was taken out by Iden Boutique, a uh, confident drive by Mark Yell and a tough performance, sitting parked outside of May's place. And uh, Iden Boutique kicked at the top of the home straight and held off the challenge of Baby You Were Song late. Uh, looked to race in three, 
between Idenbury Tech Baby or Song and May's place, and that's how they finished in market order. Uh, Baby or Song 57.41 and 28.55 for quicker sectionals of that event. Mickey O started his title defence for back-to-back sire stakes wins, taking out the Nutrient Ag Solutions Globe Derby uh, heat number one. Uh, Matthew Hallett pressed forward to find the lead, and uh, he got a soft run in front once he took up that role in 31.7 and 31.9 before dashing home in 29.2 and 27.9. Good run by the second place in there in Joe the Bookie, who had a second row draw and uh, ripped around the field in the middle stages. He was only defeated one and a half metres and he was first up uh, off a long break and could well be the improver there. His last half was 57.01, the quickest of the race, 27.9, the quickest last quarter, recorded by the winner, Mickey O. Collins Holmes, Granny Smith, heat number one. This was taken out by Mellon Rowley, and what a dominant win this was. Of course, uh, a confident drive by Gareth Rattray in the middle stages, and there's a lot to like about the way she ran away from her rivals late to score by uh, just over 10 metres to complete a winning hat-trick for the season. Yeah, last half of 57.44 and a quarter of 28.6, the quickest of the race. Didn't mind the run of Baruga Rock, who's uh, finished in second spot, defeated 10 metres. It was a, a much-improved performance of what we've seen in here, two runs this campaign. The favourites continued to win. Longfellow at $1.05 took out uh, the first heat of the Taz Freight Raider Stakes, of course, he won the Globe Derby last season, the Easter Cup earlier this year. He was second up from that Easter Cup win. He was taken straight to the lead by Alan McDonough. Uh, I must say, I thought he was in a bit of trouble halfway down the straight, but he responded to Alan's driving to score by six metres over Aguda Ruler and Stormy Sands. Rockin' Overtime, who finished second last of the main body, ran in the last half of 56.98. Jack James, the quickest last quarter, 27.12. Lance, a lot of course, one of the main chances, uh, broke gear soon after the start and uh, failed to complete the course. Race 7, Leonard Skinner now remains 3 from 3 since uh, crossing the Tasman, taken straight to the lead by Dylan Ford. He was up in class, that was a slight concern, but he handled his rivals with relative ease once again, defeating equity stride by 4.9 metres. Leonard Skinner raced by Greg West, who's got a good association for Lukak Stable. And that pacer recorded his last half mile in 56.7. Then the up chopper, the third place, get up 27.89. The quickest last 400. Race 8. Well, plenty of things happened here over the concluding stages. And uh, we'll start with the horse that I thought was going to win the race, Queen of Dance. He galloped with around 40 metres to go and galloped across the line. Uh, at an inquiry, uh, Benyal was uh, fine for presenting the metre racing insecure gear after the front carrying strap had become undone, which in turn caused Queen of Dance to step out of its front hobble and gallop. So Ben copped a bit of a fine there. Uh, not good if you took that pacer in quaddies or uh, some multis, uh, being uh, one of the popular picks across the 10 race card but it all worked out well for Brody Davis his first winning drive aboard uh, Stevie Jolt it was his seventh race drive settled back on the pegs he was able to weave a passage through at the top of the home straight and got there right on the line over star watching and queen of dance and when you watch the replay and how quick Stevie Jolt was coming if queen of dance even stayed in a pace uh, he may well have uh, 
got the narrowest of wins. I'm sure it's a night Brody won't forget. And I had a chat with him on Monday. Here's the interview. Well, Sunday was a night 16-year-old Brody Davis uh, won't forget, driving his first winner aboard Stevie Jolden. He joins us on the podcast. Uh, Brody, congratulations on the win. I'm sure it was a huge relief. Yeah, thanks very much, Duncan. Yeah, it was a huge relief to get that one over the line, to get the first one out of the way. Now it should be a lot easier and not as stressful now going out there. Uh, Take me through the race because... There's plenty to look at over the concluding stages with uh, Queen of Dance galloping up. I think it was only six and a half metres between the top ten, but at the top of the straight, was you a little bit worried you may have been a little bit too far back? Oh, I wasn't really worried about him. He's horse that can, if he can get a quick sprint at him, he's really good over the last 200. So I wasn't worried until about halfway up the straight when we are going to get out and then Knowing the horses that were inside me, knowing that they weren't going to stop very easily, it probably made a bit more worrying, thinking you weren't going to get there. Yeah, certainly. was a, was a good win in a messy race late, of course, prepared by your father, Steve. So I suppose as far as you follow, following his footsteps in the harness racing game, it's something that's always been going to uh, happen, hasn't it? Yeah, it was always going to happen. I was growing up around the horses forever and a day, so it was a really big thing once I could get my ticket and was allowed to go out there and race drive. You're another one that's come through the mini trots, of course. Uh, in the early 2000s, they were just disappeared and put to the side, and I think we're really missing that generation now. You're a part of this generation uh, that's been involved since I was reinstated, and I'm sure that's gave you a good ground in understanding the animal. Yeah, it's, it really teaches you just the little things about how to drive them and gear and everything and just the differences between certain ponies and then it comes on and shows the difference in what horses you drive and you learn a lot more. As I touched on, you're only 16, so I presume you're still at school? Yeah, still at school. How was the schoolmates on, on Monday uh, with that first win? Yeah, a few of them knew. Yes, um, rocked up and you're oh, five minutes late to class and you walk in the door and they're all celebrating and happy for you. So it was very good. Yeah, And what, what are the future plans for you, Brody? What would you like to see yourself in, in the next 10 years? I'd really like to just go out and just learn a lot more off different people too. Um, driving different horses, you learn a fair bit. So I wouldn't even like that. I'd like to go to Melbourne. Melbourne or interstate or even overseas maybe if the opportunities came just to get around and see how different people do it and just learn a lot. Yeah, you're only young so enjoy enjoy that component of the, the racing game uh, while you're still at that young age Brody. Plenty more wins left in store hopefully and uh, congratulations on your first win on Sunday night. No, thanks very much Duncan. So congratulations to Brody getting the catch with Stevie Jolts and a bunched up finish, 6.8 metres separated the first 10. From a sectional perspective, Impulse 57.92, the quickest last half, McAngelo 28.95 the last quarter. Uh, to race nine, Sports Illustrator was well driven by Heath Woods to score here. He also trains. Uh, they were too good for Eye on the Bullion. Sports Illustrator, 57.66, the quickest last half, 29.05, the quickest last quarter of the race as well. 
and military man took out the last, uh, completing a good night for Mark Yole. Settled back on the pegs and got out in plenty of time to run down. He's razor sharp and rock on Playboy. The quickest last half of that race was He's razor sharp in 58.11. And the quickest last quarter was the winner, military man, in 28.54. And uh, well done to Barry Baker, the clerk of the course, uh, helping Kyle Pratt in there when James Dean took uh, charge of him, of course, the clerks around the state, and there's many of them now, do a terrific job keeping our participants and horses safe on the track. Having a look at Cross Bash Straight this weekend, on Friday night, the Group 3 Swan Hill Cup is the feature event uh, on that program. Cosimo lines up there, drawn barrier one. That race at 9.30. Swan Hill, one of my favourite tracks uh, in Australia. Saturday night, the Len Smith Mile at Menangle is the feature event, uh, one of many on that program. Of course, they've got their Breeders' Challenge finals. Max Delight lines up in the Group 1 Len Smith Mile. He's drawn outside of the front row. When the stretchings come out, he'll start from Barrier 10. That race at 9.38. So best of luck to those there. We'll take a break on the podcast and try and find some weekend winners on the other side. Tazracing.com.au's new Form Plus Pro gives you even more data on all Tasmanian harness racing. Subscribe to the Ultimate Tasmanian Form Source today. Form Plus Pro by Tazracing.com.au. Having a look at the weekend's action now on the podcast. Keep playing in Bernie is one of my best bets. Race one, number one at around the 440 quote. They've got good standing start manners, a handy third here. Going back three starts ago and back to the front row. I thought looked one to beat there. At a little bit of value later on in the Bernie program in race number six, Christian Major at the 550 drops a bit in class and good standing start matters. And I think you'll really run out the 2,500 metre trip. And at value, uh, around uh, $25, I think he was earlier today. He's now into 21 as I speak. Cool Hand Easton is in the Light Harness Cup race. Four, number four, I think, at the at the odds. He's definitely worth a, a couple of dollars on both uh, win and place. He's got good standing start manners. Of course, he won the Sheffield Cup earlier this year. I think you'll see the distance out. And plenty of um, well-managed standing start horses off that front mark. But he's got to be lobbed on top and got a soft first section. He might take a little bit of running down, but that should be a good race. I just think he shouldn't be $21. And, uh, yeah, that's what I think for Bernie Hobart. They race on Sunday night. First leg of the quaddy is race five. The trainer's encouragement pace. It's over the mile way better on top for me. Comes back into this trainer's encouragement grade. Uh, finished down the track in the Granny Smith last time. But good wins here in Hobart prior to that. Rowan Hill, you're back in the sulky. I'm going to put hair on top over nine which is street side classic, much improved effort here behind IC Double last time out. Should get a nice trailing draw through the field. And uh, when this horse does uh, put in a couple of good runs, he holds his form. So uh, certainly ticks a lot of boxes there of that trailing draw. Seven depth till we part. We touched on his uh, good closing sections last start behind IC Double. The wide draws are concern here. And missing rock from the good draw rounds out my top four. Two, nine, seven, one, race five. Race six is heat two of the Granny Smith. Uh, a tough heat. Luby Lombo on top for me. Of course, finished down the track behind Leisure 
last time out here in Hobart uh, when facing the breeze. I checked at Launceston at the 300 when working into the race to start prior to that. The only other run this campaign was a third placing where I thought she was good behind most perfect major. Rowan Hadley jumps into the sulky, certainly won't hurt her chances. Living on prayer, number seven, placed behind Carol's judge in Launceston last time out. Certainly first up, a good effort hitting the line well. Number nine, he says, a Bolsky Lee's last start uh, Hobart winner and Carol's judges racing rounds out my top four. Three, seven, nine, four, open league. You'd have to play the quaddies a little bit wider than four numbers, I would expect. Race seven is a rating 50 to 55 event. And I have gone the way of Mickey O, who's taking on the older horses here, but it was a dominant win in Launceston last time out. Uh, number 10 is Queen of Dance. We touched on the... The uh, trouble she had late in Launceston last starts racing very consistently. A win's not too far away with her, uh, but it's coming a little bit uh, frustrating for punters. Uh, number four, Mazazu, very tough winning Hobart last start. And two, Sports Illustrator rounds out my top four, 6-10-4-2. And the last leg of the quaddy is heat two of the 60 degrees band box. Four, six, one, two, my numbers here. Baby, you are so on top. Like the way she finished off in Launceston last time out. And it hasn't been far away in a few strong races prior to that. Uh, May's place uh, the main danger. She led in Launceston. Probably fair to say she didn't have a chance on that occasion. I'll be very surprised if one of those two don't win. Miscellaneous has been sort of improving each run as a maiden, winning that feeling not too far away. And Macaria rounds out my top four. So four, six, one and two in the last league. As far as specials for the meeting in Hobart go, uh, I was really taken by the run of Joe the Bookie in Launceston last Sunday, and he backs up again in the second heat. He's uh, race one, number four, of course. He was a trial winner at Carrick prior to that uh, first up effort, and he should be at uh, peak fitness there. And the stablemate, Bridwood Bella, race three, number 13. I know she needs everything to go away from the draw, uh, but uh, she's certainly been racing well this campaign, of course, and a good second here in Hobart. Going back four starts ago, deserved winning Launceston two runs back and uh, a couple of uh, minor placings as well. So I think uh, if things fall into place, uh, she looks the one to beat there. Race three, number 13, so she'll be a good one for the Hadley State. That wraps up another busy podcast uh, this week. Enjoy your harness racing at Bernie and Hobart. And uh, we look forward to your company again next week on the Tasmanian Harness Highlights Podcast.